Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Bow down your hearts and let us pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We lift your name up. We worship you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. And tonight, this is our prayer. Breathe upon me, breath of God. Breathe upon me, Spirit of the Lord. As I lift my hands in surrender.
thank you tonight. Blessed indeed be your name and thank you for your spirit who is here with us. Holy Spirit, we invite you to breathe on us. Spirit of God, breathe on us. Spirit of life, breathe on us. Thank you that you always show up to do us good. You show up to draw us closer to the Father. And you show up to reveal the Father and the Son unto us. Tonight, may you do just that. And let us have a good understanding of our relationship with you, Holy Spirit. So that we can benefit to the max of this relationship. We thank you tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. So for some weeks now, we have been studying about the Holy Spirit. And I am convinced that the Holy Spirit is the key to a very fruitful and victorious Christian life or experience. I'll say that again. The Holy Spirit is the key, the master key, if you like, to a very victorious, fruitful, and deep and intimate Christian walk or Christian experience. I'm convinced that without the Holy Spirit, 
it will even be impossible to enjoy the Christian life. Without the Holy Spirit, you can never know God deeply. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot make it. And this, I believe, was the import of what Jesus said when he explained to the disciples that it is important that he goes away so that the Holy Spirit can come. He must have said that because he realized that without the Holy Spirit, there was no way believers can do well and can excel. Hallelujah. And that is why I'm teaching about the Holy Spirit. I think that we need to progress and advance in our relationship with him. He needs to become more real to us. We need to, to experience his involvement and his contribution to our lives and to our Christian experience. And so I've shared with you who the Holy Spirit is. And I've also made it clear to you that you can experience him at two levels. The first level is before you get born again and during the born again experience. And then you can also experience him at a far higher level, which is through what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this occurs after you are born again. Hallelujah. So I explained what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, how it is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit or the supernatural coming down of the Holy Ghost over the believer fills him or her to overflowing, resulting in the person becoming immersed in the glory of God's presence. May we experience the glory of God's presence. May the presence of God become more real to us. May we become more conscious of the supernatural and conscious of the presence of God with us. Hallelujah. I tell you, there is a level and there is a depth that we can move into where the Holy Spirit is concerned or where the things of God are concerned. And I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit is the key to that. Amen. All right. So that's what the Holy Ghost baptism is. And I explained to you that God prophesied about this hundreds of years before this release of the Holy Spirit occurred. Now, it's worth noting that under the old covenant or under the old dispensation, really there were, generally speaking, only three categories of people who could experience the Holy Spirit in a certain deep way. Number one was the king. Number two was the priest. And number three was the prophet. So when you read through the Old Testament, you will discover that usually, usually what happens is that the Holy Spirit will come upon these three categories of people. The king, the priest, and then the prophet. Every now and again, there are others like the judges who in a certain sense were acting like the, the, the leaders or, or the kings, if you like. And so you hear of somebody like Samson who the Holy Spirit came so mightily upon that he could do extraordinary and amazing things. 
you know, in those days, the cities had huge gates. I'm sure very huge iron gates. This guy called Samson can go to town and then when he's coming, he'll carry the gate. <laughs> he'll carry the gate of the city away. I mean, that was how wild he was. And, and nobody could tie him down until he met his nemesis in a certain woman called what? Delilah. May God deliver us from every Delilah in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, this was the arrangement then. But then, God had always had it in mind that a time and a season was going to come when he was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. In fact, again, under the old covenant, under the old arrangement, if you talk about the presence of God in a certain way, to experience what is described as the Shekinah glory of God, it was again limited to only a few people. You will recall how Moses initially built a tabernacle unto God. This one was a movable one. And then later on, Solomon built a permanent one. Now, the inner part of this temple was called the Holy of Holies or the most holy place. And in this Holy of Holies, there were just a few items. And one of the main items there was the Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat of God engraved on it or, 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 or built on top of it. And often what happened was that when the glory of God comes, it comes upon that mercy seat. Now, that place called the Holy of Holies or the Most Holy Place, it was only one person who could go in there. And that person could only go there once a year. So, out of 365 days in a year, it was only one day in that year that this person called the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies and minister before the Lord. And even when he's going in, he has to be very careful. Nobody was sure how things were going to pan out. So usually, they would have a rope <laughs> tied to their waist, I believe. And even the, the gown that the priest wore had little, little bells at the, at, the, at the hem of it. So that as he's moving and burning the incense and ministering before the seat of God, you will hear the sound. When you don't hear the bells again, it means that it means that the guy, you know, perhaps he made a move and God was bought, so he struck him down. So I can imagine that anytime the guy had to go in there, he'll be afraid. Wondering that, Charlie, today I hope that I will meet God in a very good mood. And that you'll not be too bored. And that I'll not make any move that will make him bore plus me. This was how it was. But it was never God's perfect will that this is what. Because God longed to relate with his people. 
God wanted to, to, to have a certain close, intimate relationship with his people. And so he had this plan that a time was going to come, he was going to pour out his spirit upon his people. And that is what occurred on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was released in a generous measure and it marked the beginning of a certain kind of relationship with God where now God was available to every believer. Once you are born again, once you are a child of God, you can have this experience of the Holy Spirit called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And so I started sharing with you why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Is that not so? Number one, I told you that through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we can have the assurance of the presence of God with us all the time. The assurance. It's through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the coming down of the Holy Spirit, that one of the benefits we get from that is that it gives us a certain assurance that God is with us, that his presence is with us. Do we need that? Yes, we do. We live in a very difficult and dark world. And here we are trying to do our best for the Lord. To complicate things for us, we also have an enemy who is invisible. Who is also doing everything that he can to frustrate us and to stop us from serving God and being close to him. Can you imagine that they have put you in a boxing ring? And they have blindfolded you. And you are fighting with Bukum Banku. You've been blindfolded so you can't see him. And they've left the two of you in the ring that fight for your life. Would it not be a very wild thing? Very, very wild. That is how it is for us. We are living in a world... And, and the world that we are living in is both physical and spiritual. But because we are living in a physical body, we are constrained. And there are so many things we cannot see. But there are things happening around us all the time. All the time. 24-7. There are things that are happening around us. And here we are in such a situation. And we are expected to defeat the forces of darkness. The good news is that they have already been defeated. Amen. But you see, they still try to disturb our lives. And it is only when we understand who we are in Christ Jesus. And it, as long as we stand on the word of God, on the principles in the word of God, and we live a life of faith, that is when we are assured of victory. So it says that, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. But it's not an easy life. And it helps to know that there's somebody with you. And that somebody is the Holy Spirit. And so when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is a, a, a sudden outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon you, one of the blessings you get from that is that constant assurance that God is with me. That God is with me. That God is with me. So when the psalmist wrote and said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. So sometimes people will look at you and wonder why you can still smile. When 
and there are so many issues that are not going on well in your life why do you sing why can you still smile but you can do all of those things because you know that God is with you and God is with you in the person of the Holy Spirit he's so important to our Christian life and experience hallelujah then number two, second reason why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit who gives us that constant assurance that we are truly the children of God. How many believe that you're a child of God? You see, the way you even lifted your hand, it disturbs me. Something that you are sure about, when they ask, no, your hands should move so much so that it wants to pop out of its socket. It is the Holy Spirit who gives that assurance that I'm a child of God. I haven't arrived yet. I'm not yet perfect. I'm still striving to do my best. I don't get it right all the time. I make mistakes in my life. But there is somebody with me assuring me that, Charlie, you are a child of God. Hallelujah. And we need that. Otherwise, we will give up. When we face certain things, we tell ourselves that it's not working. God is not happy with us. God doesn't like us again. And that's something that the devil always wants us to feel. That because you are struggling, or because you've messed up, or because you've made a mistake, or because you are not getting things right, God is not happy with you. Where did you learn these things from? But then again, there is a devil who is always trying to confuse us and make us feel that God is always looking for an opportunity to whack us like a wicked old man with a, a walking stick. When you get any close to me, that's not God for you. He loves us and is giving the Holy Spirit to us so that we can have that constant assurance that I am a child of God. Lift up your hand and say, I am a child of God. It doesn't matter what I think, what I feel, what is happening. I know that 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 I am a child of God. Come on and clap your hands unto Jesus. Yes, you are a child of God. Let nobody deceive you. And as a child of God, you have access to God directly. You don't need any pastor, any man of God to confuse you and make you think that for you to get to God, you need him. You don't need anybody apart from the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is in you, you have that direct access to God. Hallelujah. The third reason why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit who is our seal or stamp of redemption. Every child of God has a stamp or a seal upon him or her. And that stamp or seal is in the person of the Holy Spirit. That is what shows that you have been redeemed. That is what shows that you have a place in heaven. That is what shows that your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. That is what gives that confidence that when we depart from this earth, we have a place in the new Jerusalem. 
And so the Holy Spirit is that stamp of that seal upon us that we've been set apart for the day of redemption. Number four, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit who helps us to develop a good Christian character. Look, without the Holy Spirit, we cannot be good because our badness is too much. <laughs> One day, David told God that, listen, in sin did my mother conceive me. That's how I was was conceived. So, there's there's so much wrong with me. So, sometimes you ask yourself, how can you live a good life and exhibit a good or a godly Christian character? It takes the Holy Spirit. And when we cooperate with him, when we yield to him, when we work with him, he helps us to become better and better and better. And he makes us get closer and closer to the image of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Without the Holy Spirit, it will not work. Number five, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit who gives us power and boldness to witness or preach effectively about Jesus. If the Holy Spirit does not empower you, it will always be a struggle to tell others about Jesus. Thank God that that struggle is ending in your life and you are going to become a powerful witness for Jesus. That everywhere you find yourself, whoever you meet, there will be a certain confidence and boldness in the inside of you to be able to tell the person, listen to me my friend, Jesus loves you and you need to respond to that love. Give your heart to Jesus. Hallelujah. Number six. So the other time we got to five. Is that not so? All right. So number six. Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we are looking at why we need the Holy Spirit or the benefits of the, why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the benefits of the baptism of the holy spirit and we are on the sixth point through the baptism of the holy spirit we receive the holy spirit who grants us spiritual gifts for the work of the ministry through the baptism of the holy spirit we receive The Holy Spirit. Who grants us spiritual gifts. For the work of the ministry. I'll say it again. Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit. Who grants us spiritual gifts. For the work of the ministry ministry in other words these gifts that the holy spirit grants to us helps us or help us in the service of the lord it is through the holy spirit that we operate spiritual gifts first corinthians chapter 12 verse 4 to 11 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 11. 
it says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts but the same spirit is the source of them all there are different kinds of service but we serve the same lord so this scripture is explaining to us that spiritual gifts they vary they are not the same they are different gifts but it's the holy spirit who is the source of them all and it's also explaining that there are different ways you can serve god in the house of god but it is the same lord that we are serving it continues god works in different ways but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So God has different ways he works. That is why churches are not the same everywhere. There are some churches that emphasize more on prayer. There are some churches that emphasize more on dominion. There are some churches that emphasize more on soul winning. All these are different ways that God works. There are some churches which believe that when you come to church, you must spend at least five hours in church. If you don't spend five hours, it means that you are a carnal believer. You are not spiritual. So they go to church in the morning and they stayed there sir, until late. That is one way of serving God. It's not a problem. There are also some churches which believe in not spending too much time. There are some pastors who believe that if you preach a sermon, a 30-minute sermon, you are, spoiling the, you are spoiling the church members. At least. I know of churches where they can preach two and a half hours three hours okay there are other churches also they preach 30 minutes recently i was in the united states of america by the grace of god you go there some one day that's it why not and i visited the church that my niece goes to the entire duration of the service was if I'm not mistaken, one hour, ten minutes. Yes. One hour, ten minutes. Praise and worship was about 15 minutes, five minutes to do announcements and other things, and song ministration and all that. The pastor preached for about 25 minutes. Now, when we closed and we were leaving, it occurred to me that God is wonderful. <laughs> that he works in different ways. Because you see, I did not feel when I was leaving the church that, that I have not come to church. I didn't feel that way at all. I felt full. And I've been serving God for many, many years. And I'm used to long hours of being in church and everything. I noticed when, I, when we closed and we were going. And by the way, it's a large church with a lot of people. Black people, white people, Hispanics, red people, green people, yellow people, orange people. They were all in the church some. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And everybody
everybody was happy. And I enjoyed the service. I did what? I enjoyed the service. And one, one lesson that that thing taught me was this. Actually, God, he works in different ways. Never ever think that if God is using you in a particular way, that means that that is the only way that God works. It is a certain arrogance and pride that makes you feel that God is only using you and he's not using anybody else. One day, Elijah started complaining that, hey God, hey God, hey God, I'm the only one who is left. They've killed everybody else and there's nobody else left. Is that miracle? said, hey, hey, what are you complaining plenty about? There are 7,000 others who have not bowed their knees to bow. So as you are here and you think that they are, they are the only person, there are 7,000 other people who are serving me faithfully. Elijah complained, sir. So at the point, God said, come out of the match. I'll put somebody else in. And that's when they got Elisha. Because the, the, the complaints had become too much. So God called him. So when I'm explaining to you that God works in different ways, and let's learn to have respect for the different ways that God works and also respect the different people that God is using. I'll tell you something, my friend. When we get to heaven, there'll be a lot of surprises. Some of the people that you will see receiving beautiful, glit glittering crowns, precious crowns, are people that you never saw on radio. Uh, no, saw on television. You never heard on radio. You never saw them on the internet. People that you didn't know about. You will see them as they mention their name and they are coming. Then you ask yourself, are you so free? Are you so free? I'm telling you, some of the greatest heroes who are serving God and they are pleasing him are in corners. Corners, you don't hear about them. Sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that it, uh, when you have a large church, that is when you are pleasing God. <laughs> Who told you that? I personally believe that it's not everybody who has received the grace to have a very large church. That's what I personally believe. I think that some people have the grace, others do not have the grace. I don't care what anybody says. Sometimes you are made to think that there's a formula. If you follow the formula, you will have a large... People have been following the formula for a very long time. They are not having large churches. <laughs> you have to understand. I mean, think about it. That's why when you look at the parable of the sower, I beg your pardon, the parable of the talents. One person was given five talents. One person was given two talents. The last person was given one talent. And the Bible says that they were given to them according to their several abilities. Sometimes you don't have the ability to handle certain things. That's why certain things will not be given to you. Because some of you, if you get a lot of money right now, one guy, they asked him, if we give you 50,000 cities, what will you do? He said, I'll kill myself. <laughs> I will kill myself. Because he cannot imagine that he, pa, somebody's giving him 50,000 CDs. Some of us, until God has done a certain work in us, if we get a lot of money, we'll spoil. We'll be Jimmy Basa. 
So I'm just saying all these things to explain to you that God works in different ways. I said God works how? But it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Hallelujah. I'm continuing reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then I'm not sure which verse I am on. 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. So that we can do what? Help each other. God doesn't give gifts to us so that we will harm each other. So if you see anybody who is using the gift that God has given to him to hurt people, to destroy their lives, and, and to do all sorts of things to them, then there's a problem. I'm telling you. Because God gives the gift so that they can help us. Not to harm us. Not to destroy us. One of the things that's been a source of great concern to me is how some prophets operate their gifts. How they operate their gifts. You have to be very careful. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. It's not everything that you see about people that you open your big mouth and say just like that. Why are you doing what you are? How, how can you call somebody and tell the person that it is your mother who is doing you? <laughs> Your mother is doing you. This mother who sold her everything for you to be able to have a good life, for you to be able to go to school, all her jewelry, all her nice clothes, she sold them all so that they can have a kind of a resemblance of a comfortable life for you. Now somebody's come and told you that she's the one who is doing what? Doing you. So since then, you don't talk to your mother again. You've abandoned her. Now let us say without admitting that she's the one who is doing you. As you have seen it, undo it. I don't get it. Because we say that God reveals to redeem. And so rather than putting people at loggerheads and destroying families, use wisdom. And that's the problem with a lot of us pastors and ministers of the gospel and prophets especially. There's a certain wisdom that is supposed to guide what we are doing. That's not everything you see about people that you stand in the open and say it like that. You are destroying them. And the gift is supposed to help people not to destroy them. That's what it's supposed to do. And then that thing where every time things are being set up, so there's always a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear. People are always afraid. Always afraid that something bad is about to happen to them. Something bad is... And so ask yourself that. So, it's like 
Any, anytime I go to church, as I'm coming back, I'm afraid. Why? Or have you not heard it being said that where the spirit of the Lord is? Liberty. Liberty. So these are things that we should look at very, very seriously. Of course, I'm not saying that every prophecy must be a nice one. All I'm saying is that I think that there's a certain responsibility and there's a certain wisdom that is supposed to govern these spiritual gifts such that if that, if that wisdom is missing, you will, rather than helping people, you will end up destroying them. Look at 2 Corinthians 3.17 For the Lord is the Spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is a dying freedom. Not bondage. Not slavery. Not captivity. Not fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power and of love and a sound mind. We drive out every spirit of fear out of the church and out of our lives. In the name of Jesus. And may the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind take control over you said that nobody will be able to put you in bondage and captivity again. Receive it in the name of Jesus. It continues, to one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Some people have that gift, to give wise advice. For some people, the only advice that they give is foolish. Obviously, they don't have the gift <laughs> yeah. and you should be able to discern these things when somebody is advising you you should see that and be careful who you go to for advice if you are struggling in your marriage and you go to a wrong person for advice hey, you pack your things tomorrow you pack your things and you don't have anywhere to go to. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Two ways of looking at that. There's something called the word of knowledge. Where God through the Holy Spirit can cause a servant of God or a believer. Or a, and by the way, these things that I'm saying, they are not restricted to just pastors. You, 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 you. You can, have, you can operate in all of these gifts. Let's we have to stop this thing where they make us think that it's only certain people who can uh, enjoy certain things. If you desire a particular gift and God is willing to give it to you, you can get it. Ask your neighbor, what spiritual gift do you want? And don't say, I want Yeredro. <laughs> Yeredro. I owe you you for. Ah, you want to just get lost. The same spirit gives great faith to another. So you see that there are some people, they really have a lot of faith. And it's like the things they believe God for, they materialize easily in their life. May God give you such faith. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. So there are some people who have the gifts of healing. Now, there is a certain 
element of healing that is accessible to every believer. Because Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost. This is Matthew 28. You know, no, this one is the Mark 16. Go to Mark 16, 15 and 16. He said, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. Next verse, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Next one. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Next. Next. It's frozen. It hasn't come. Oh. Where, where, where are we? Mark 16, right? Verse 17. And this time shall follow. The Dakota, they shall speak with new tongues. 18. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, they shall take up serpents. So, believe God. The next time you see a snake, just believe God. Is it not in the word of God? So why are you laughing? It's a special gift. No, he said it shall follow them that believe. Is it that you don't believe anymore? Because we brought snake matter, now dear, you don't believe again. Oh, what are you doing? Please. So, Pastor James, the next time this electric fence catches a snake, just hold it. Take it off. Why not? And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Look. We need to believe the word of God. Okay, maybe it's the take up serpents and things that you don't enjoy. But at least this other one, it sounds more pleasant. Said they can lay hands on the sick. So Evelyn, the next time your roommate is not feeling well, do you know what you must do? You must lay your hands on her. What's your roommate's name? Ida. Lay your hands on her. And say, Ida, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing into your body. I command this headache to disappear. You said your way is paining you. <laughs> Haske, you said your way is paining you. Your esophagus. <laughs> you said that I don't know what esophagus is. But you spirit of esophagus. <laughs> I cast you out. Seriously, we need to believe God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So I'm just explaining, but when we go back to where we were before, it's saying that there are those who have the gift of healing. I'm just explaining to you that generally, all of us can operate this healing grace. But there are some people who have that special gift. It's a special gift that God has given to them. 
and we need to recognize that and embrace that he gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of god or from another spirit may you receive this gift today i pray may all of us receive it because too much havoc is being done just because we don't have discernment hey what is happening in christendom today you should be able to discern and say this thing that this person is doing and this thing that this person is saying you should be able to see it it's not everything that people come saying to you that you just believe that, eh, 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 and then you just start running with it what's wrong with Every time you are going for a country, every time a country dilation, a country dilation, a country you've gone for it, sir. But your life is very directionless. I mean, after all the a that you've gone for, I'm expecting to see that your life is better. Better. Haba. No, something is wrong. So may God give us that ability. Amen. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Now, this is not ordinary tongues, the prayer language tongues. This is a kind of tongues that is prophetic. And for it to make sense, somebody must have the gift to interpret it. So there are certain times that you be in a meeting, then somebody will start prophesying in a strange language now god may give to that same person the ability to interpret what he's saying or he'll give that ability to somebody else hallelujah so that's different that's different from the tongues which comes as the evidence of the baptism of the holy spirit and which is essentially a prayer language i'll teach you about tongues as we move along amen it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts he alone decides which gift each person should have. What is the word of God saying to us? It's just explaining to us that it is through the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you receive the Holy Spirit who grants, who grants unto us spiritual gifts for the work of the ministry. So it's one of the benefits of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you are now potentially in a position to operate different spiritual gifts. And I pray for all of us that God will grant us or will cause us to see the gifts that he has given unto us. Some of you have a prophetic gift, but you don't know. Some of you, when you dream, usually your dream happens. It's a sign of a prophetic thing. So don't joke with it. Some of you, you also realize that, ah, usually people like to come to me for advice. And it's like when I give them advice, it works. It means that you have a gift like that. Eugenio. Where is Eugenio? Eh? He has that gift, eh? People are always going to see, see him. Yeah. So don't joke with it. Take it very, very seriously. Take it very, very, very seriously. And as some of you, nobody has heard about you. But usually when you pray for people, they recover. Usually, they recover. 
So like how somebody is coughing at the back now, after church, you can just go and pray for her and the coughing will end. Have to use your gifts now. Tell your neighbor, use your gifts. Hallelujah. So through the Holy Spirit, you can have all these gifts. I pray that God will open your eyes to see the different gifts that he's giving to you. And may you use those gifts to the service of the Lord. I'm out of time, unfortunately. We'll continue next week, Sunday. Rise to your feet and let us close. Thank you, Father, for tonight. And thank you for your word. And thank you for the saints who gathered today to hear your word. Thank you for what we've learned once again about the Holy Spirit. About the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And how he imparts our lives. Thank you, Father, that we've learned especially about spiritual gifts. I pray in the name of Jesus. May your Holy Spirit, the source of these gifts, open our eyes. Cause the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened. So that each one of us can identify what gifts you've given to us. And may we begin to use those gifts. Because the more we use them, the more sharpened and the more developed they will become. I pray may the gifts of the Holy Spirit be manifested in this church. Thank you, Father, that this is a church where opportunity will be given to all to use whatever giftings God has given to them. And as we do that, may we help each other and may we build the house of God and the church of God. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.